on the Loud and Proud podcast and the championship is just around the corner. Please subscribe and follow on all social media channels so you don't miss a beat. Coming up on today's Loud and Proud podcast, Pace and Power with Derek Maguire. I caught up with the Dark Young Ireland's legend and chat about his beloved club, the effect lockdown had on him personally, how I blame him for the rise of Jim Gavin and the Dubs five in a row side. A classic Fitzer's tale is in there as well. The vital goal he set up to cause my one and only pitch invasion in 2010 is unfinished business with Loud, and I put him on the spot at the end where he gives me some cracking answers. Derek's a great lad, and I hope you enjoy the crack. But first, another shortened intro. Here's a chance for Rooney! What a goal by JP Rooney! And here it is. Now the All Ireland champions for the third time. Joining me now on the line is the fastest man ever recorded in a Dundalk in Ireland's jersey. That's Derek Maguire. Derek, is that still true? No, I think Kieran Murray might have something to say about that one, actually, yeah. He's been named to be the fastest man. But shall I look? I'll take that What about Dean? No. Yeah, Dean will be up there too, but uh, no, definitely. I, I, uh, Kieran Murray claims to be the fastest. Uh, yeah, no, he definitely is the fastest. Like, he's exactly like, fast. Like. Way, right. He's the one man, he's the one man I can't, I, I can't beat. It's Kieran Murray, he, and he's about... Half a yard ahead of me, and I just cannot catch. You're not losing any speed, eh, over the years, no? What? Uh, I think I have. Um, I think uh, definitely over the last couple of years, uh, especially maintaining the pace over a longer period, uh, definitely has dropped. Uh, I might have it over the first couple of yards, but um, carrying the ball at speed, uh, I wasn't. I'm like, I can't do it as much for for as long as I used to do when I was younger. But uh, always have to use the head a bit more than no one. Way to go, you know. So uh, yeah, I know I lost it a wee bit, but um, I wouldn't say. I just... That's not something you walked on with in uh, the in the lockdown period. Did you walk on your game, or did you walk on your speed? Uh, no, I can't say I walked on my speed. I more walked. Uh, I walked on the strength. Uh, whatever stuff we had here in the house, I uh, I got a bit of stuff from the islands, weights and stuff. So I done a bit of weights on it, and we done. Uh, we actually had. Uh, with the Islanders we had a, we have a group chat and we've done like a wee league table of, but we had a different uh, task to do every week so I think the first week was a 3k run and as many push-ups as you can do in a minute Right. so every week we done for five weeks every week there was like a different task and the next week would be a 1k run and uh, burpees for 90 seconds and our 3k run the week after sort of stuff so and everybody had to post their times from Strava up into their groups. So we kind of kept ourselves fit-ish, uh, doing our own thing kind of safely uh, with, the guy, with the guidelines, obviously. So uh, we kind of yes, we, we kind of kept ourselves fit doing that. And that's, so basically we kind of worked on our stamina, kind of just maintaining that. And then the idea was once we get back training, then we start working the speed. So we maintained our, our stamina, our fitness. And then can we sharpen up then come championship? So you're back then the other night. So you probably aren't as sore as I am. No, I am. <laughs> I definitely am. I'm an absolute agony. Hips here are killing me. We were uh, we were actually we were on the mountain last night. Uh, Steve Gullion doing uh, sprints up the mountain. So uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can imagine the pain today. Yeah, I know. I remember running down. I thought I was the great for it. I think I won running down the hill. But then the next day, <laughs> the impact in the top of the legs after. Yeah. Yeah, slapping your legs off the ground. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, the fact that it's on, uh, it's on a tarmac. Your yeah, so yeah. and it's a lot faster as well as you know uh, than running the grass. So uh, we put a serious effort in there last night, and uh, there's going to be another probably couple of those 
uh, those sort of nights on the pitch now are uh, just getting ourselves fit because it's, uh, as you know, it's there's like a, a it's a bit of a preseason, but it's a more condensed sort of preseason now because yeah. we're going to watch uh, six weeks now until the championship game. So less, the only worry is the only worry is uh, lads getting injured uh, from doing nothing for so long. I know you spoke about that as well to come straight back into it. I suppose in preseason you had two to three, four months even, including league to get ready for championship. Now we just have six weeks. And even if Sheeran Cup games, well, it's weird. It's even when you're doing that training, it's in soft ground, it's in muck and shite. Like yeah. and it's no not as hard on the body. Yeah, on joints. Yeah, because you feel like you know, you know the way you see soccer players will go back in and do the preseason and they're doing their runs and all that. And the hard ground it looks great, but it's nearly weird because. You're doing that hard training. There's nowhere to hide. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's all speed. It's all like, you know, what you say we were doing. We were doing one k runs uh, pre-season, and we were whatever time we were obviously timed every time. Sure, a lot of times you were saying, "Ah, oh, look, the ground's soft." Or anything. Yeah. Like, we can't. It's, that was our excuse for slowing down. Maybe a couple of seconds from the last night. So, but so we go. As you say, there's no hiding. The, there's no uh, hiding places now. The ground's hard. You should be bouncing across the grass. You know, getting those uh, beating those times from before. So. You know, but I like it though. I like it, uh, especially the Islanders. Our game is all we always play best on on hard ground and good weather. Like obviously, uh, you're not always going to get that. Like, but it's 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 the sort of football we love playing, and it's our it suits our style of football. You know. Yeah, which is weird as well because that run you've had, Jesus, I remember going down to what was it, Enniscorthy, and it was muck and shit yeah. as well. And he's beat that Kilkenny team, and like that whole winter was a horrible winter, and you still. I think as well the style of football we played, played back then kind of suited it, it in a way suited us defensively, not so much offensively. Defensively, we would have packed a lot of boys behind the ball. Yeah. And when you're playing in that sort of weather, the, yeah. the, the forwards so forward would give us more time to get back and set up. So uh, it probably worked in our favour a bit then with the style we played back then, but. I suppose it wouldn't really be a championship style of play, you know. It's uh, we, um, no, they definitely the way we play now. The hard ground, fast, the fast kick passing, but kick passing game is a real Islander sort of style of game. So yeah. So you're um, going away from that sort of like I wouldn't say defensive approach, more pragmatic approach. Yeah, I wouldn't say we got away from it, but we we're not. It's it's not a case of us going from one extreme to the other. We're getting like more of a healthy balance, you know. Like maybe we were overly defensive at times that we sacrificed a lot of our scores that we would have got. Like we weren't racking up really big scores, and that wasn't down to our forwards not performing. It was down to probably our forwards not getting enough help from the rest of us because a lot of injuries last year as well. Sorry. You had a lot of injuries at like the two boys up front, yeah. uh, Moan and your brother was out as well, like. Yeah, no, we were fortunate last year. Like, and excuse me, we were probably going into that intermediate championship with high hopes, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because like we knew we were we were, we were an intermediate team. Like we were we definitely went to junior teams, so we knew going into the we talked coming into, into the intermediate that like right lads, we give this a good shot here. And but we had a tough group. We had the Falcons who were one of the favourites. Yeah. And then we had obviously Hunterstown. And Hunterstown are a very good team. Like, like, like they're some very good players and. Uh, so the first game against uh, the Falcons, uh, I don't know if you were at that game. It was, that, yeah. that was a very, a very hardly contested game. Like it was, it had speed, it had hits, it had football, yeah. it, like it had, ever, it had great scores. Like so, the, it was, it was. I, I say it was a good game to watch, but I know playing it, I was like, I was cooked after. I thought it was cooked after twenty minutes of the game because the heat, yeah. 
the heat and, and the pitch is the likes of Ben well. Duffy coming at you. He's, yeah. Uh, you've you've Chinky there, Mona Holcroft, you know, and you've, and you've the two Duffy, sorry, and then you've like, and, and they have a lot of other players there who are very good players. So, um, it was a good game. Actually, after that game, uh, I think Ronan Holcroft uh, was injured. I think Bevan Duffy picked up an injury as well. So, yeah. they picked up a few injuries and they were unlucky too. But then uh, we had Huntersham. Oh, we just had to beat Huntersham by a point. And yeah, that, was a, that was an epic game as well. You know, I had Everton and sent it off. So I had great scores. I had, like, I had drama at the end. I had Everton as well. Like, but, and uh, it didn't have what we wanted at the end, which was 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 a one point victory was all we needed. So uh, it was just, I suppose, it was very very sl- slim margins had us in a relegation playoff then, where yeah. we where we were expected to play be playing in the quarter final. And uh, not only did I have a, a relegation game, we actually lost the first relegation game against the Blankets up in Dover. So it was. I had one extreme to the other with the Islanders. I was either winning a Leinster or getting relegated out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was chatting to John Savage, Savage earlier, and I was saying to him, he goes, they're all up with us. We're going to win it or we're going to get relegated. So just a bit of drama every year, you know. You have a new man in this year. New man, obvious. Adrian's gone. Eamon, yeah. Eamon's uh, a great man. He's a great coach, great manager. And uh, he's a great friend as well, Todd Elias. Uh, I know you know him from... Uh, John Kennedy being overused with Matic Rangers. Yes, yeah. Eamon yeah. Morgan, sorry, just if anyone doesn't know the name, Eamon Morgan's new manager of the Irish, down man as well. Down man, yeah, Bambridge man. Uh, no, I was actually, uh, we were actually uh, looking for a manager at the start of the year and I got a text uh, about this man who was, he was, he was supposed to go over, he was supposed to take over Castle Wallen, him and some other guy uh, and it fell through for whatever reason and we were actually, it was, we were doing a few, a few lads in for the job and it was the last day of us talking to a few people about the job. And so I decided to give him a call. I just knew after the phone call I had with him that uh, I think it was, he, he sounds like the sort of guy we want. Like He just he said to me at the end of the phone call, Look, he goes, uh, I'll definitely go in for a chat. Uh, he just wanted to know a few things about us. And he goes, Look, yeah. all I ask for is, uh, is honesty and commitment. Um, I, just, I just knew when he said that, like when he obviously he was going to give that to us, but if we give that back to him, I, the way he the way he was speaking on the phone, I just knew that like it could be something special. And then when he came down and chatted to us uh, in the Islanders, there was uh, there was a few obviously the committee members were there, and straight after we chatted to him, uh, the lads were like, right, let's we need to get him on board ASAP. Right, right. We need to call him right now and get him on board. Like so, he had everybody bought over straight away and. That was only from chatting to him, and I, I just couldn't wait to get it onto the pitch. And I have to say, I'm really enjoying playing under him. Uh, he's never off the phone to the lads. He's no. ringing around, and he's he, we, we were training last night, and he was he was up on a family holiday in Donegal there, and came back just for the training session. And I went back up there that night, you know, after the no. training session. So right. yeah, so just, a serious commitment there. Like yeah. he talked us a couple of times as well, a um, few sessions and. It's just his intensity. Like he's, he loves it. He's really into it, you know. And obviously yeah. coming down from bloody Donegal, that's so going. So well, he, demands, he demands, what? like in training, he just he demands the best out of everybody. He demands a hundred percent, and he's every right to that because like, if you want to train, yeah, you, you train the way you play. The old cliche, and uh, but his cliche is you train harder than you play. So he, that, that and that's exactly the way we train. Like we no training session. Is, is ever an easy session with him like you know you know taking, taking to go to the club sessions might, might be handy night tonight so just take it easy yeah, yeah. it doesn't happen 
you take you're right, you're right lads we have to have a tough drill there and you go right boys 1k run <laughs> you're just like head in your hands saying hey we're going to get through this but he has that he builds that belief that there's always something left in the tank and like and he, and he proves it to us then whatever the runs you think when you think you're absolutely cooked from a training session right boys 1k and then you do the 1k like in a very similar time as you've done it the first time you've done it you know? so uh, no it's great having him there I'm delighted I'm delighted you have him on board this year yeah, be very interesting to keep an eye on him now. Thankfully, yeah, yeah. We're, we're out of intermediate. It won't be coming up again, is or anything. But uh, many laps of a pitch is 1K with G? It's two laps, uh, probably then about... Quarters. So you do two laps and then you do like the, then the corner to the midfield. Right, right. Yeah, because we... We, 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 we wanted the lads, uh, Keen O'Donoghue, who had got two minutes 40 in his uh, 1K run. So uh, I'd like to know if there's anybody out there who can beat that time. 240, I'll put that out there. I don't even know what air lads got because I was so far behind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's tough. I was, them young fellas there, and I, I, I always, my motto is always go early to start. So if you do start the day or you, you start to uh, lose a bit of yeah, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. you usually finish as high as you can. So, But the young lads are always the young fellas just passing me at the end. Like, extravagant, Brown, Keno Donahue, these boys, like all the young, young fresh legs. He's a good chap, Mastravic, is he? He's he's a uh, big things this year. Looking, yeah, uh, Peter, he's, uh, looking that way. Great potential. Uh, his speed, he's absolutely lightning speed. Even he even said like he's never seen anyone with the speed like him. Um, no, like he's just he, he's still learning a lot, you know. So, but he, he has the potential there to be uh, uh, one of our top forwards, and uh, we're delighted to have him there because uh, he's he's a big uh, big soccer head, as to say. Uh, okay. Very good too at that. So. We're lucky, kind of, that he gives us preference over them at the minute. So uh, we're just trying to keep that, keep that as sweet. So as is, is there another than dark soccer player? Well, it was with yeah, Jimmy Brain. Oh, sorry, uh, Jimmy Pendergast. Pendergast, yes. Yes. He's uh, involved this year. He is involved this year. Yeah, James done his cruciate. I think he's done it two or three times. He's done his cruciate. Uh, right. He played with. I think he played with Newry. Was it Newry? You played with Warren Point on one of those teams. We Warren Point uh, yeah. last year. Uh, he played with them. We were trying to get him to play with us, but uh, he committed to the soccer. So, uh, but see, all of his friends, Stravic, we believe, Jamie Brown, uh, uh, and all these boys are around the same age, played on the same team. They got to the final of the under 16s there a couple of years back. Okay. But these are all good lads, you know. And uh, James Prendergast, he uh, he's a top forward there. If he if he gets fit, and uh, he's he's playing his potential, like he he is very very good player, like so. We're hoping that he gets fit now after that knee injury, and uh, by all accounts, so far he is uh, he's going well. You know, it's nearly like county training, isn't it, Derek? You haven't you haven't even stepped away. I know you stepped away the from county, the county. Yeah, board, yeah. a few of the boys said, "Will you will you miss the county training?" And he goes, "Not a chance." Will he miss that running? That intensity, everything about county training. I not that he, I didn't like it, but I remember you'd always be driving home in the car, barely able to drive the car home. You're not wrecked from training, but. I was thinking, this is great now. I get a few years now where I get to train and I'd be able to drive home with the arm out the window. I'm not even that tired. But see, since Amy came in with the training, even the training when Adrian was there. I was there, just going to uh, say, you trained hard. I remember seeing videos that time going on the All Ireland semi final run. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. training hard over Christmas. It was. Yeah, yeah, it was. And uh, I remember we trained over Christmas and there was a few boys. Uh, Shouting at the ground there a few times. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, no, it was it was it was tough training. It was very tough, but 
as I said, the way we played, we needed to be fit. We had to be fit. Yeah, yeah. Like county training, or sorry, club training, is becoming a lot like county training now, you know? With the commitment and the pace and the power. and Yeah, yeah. big time. Uh, I, I just say the only difference between club training and county training is the quality maybe of the trainers sometimes. Like you have the best players from every club and loud training together. And any mistake you make, you won't get away with it. At a county, whereas in club, okay, you will obviously get away. Because I remember, I love forget the first training session back after uh, after our All Ireland run we had after uh, Beaufort uh, beat us. But I was back in training, and I remember a few times when it was the club. If there was a man behind me, two or three yards close to the goal, I'd say, right, that's okay. He's two or three yards behind me. They won't find him with the ball. And uh, yeah, there was a man behind me, and Jim McNeil had the ball out in front of me, and I was kind of standing in front of the man. So Jim McNeil, you picked. Well, Jim's a good foot pass, a really good foot pass or so. Yeah, and Jim McNaney's a magician with the ball. That's, that, if I want more to describe him with the ball, he's a magician. <laughs> he picked the ball, and I must have had a couple inches over my fingers, and straight into his hand. I can't remember who it was. Straight into his hands, and straight into the back of the net. That was my first trying to session of Mac, and I'm thinking, I thought I was up to the pace of it. So uh, they kind of gave me a bit of a shot to the system, but he eventually, I eventually got back up to the pace of it, but it was... Uh, it was definitely a shock, and when you have boys of that caliber in training, it's uh, that's probably the difference between I'd say between the club and the county. What was your last game with Laird? Was it? It wasn't. The, it wasn't the Leitrim qualifier. You can, did you play in the no, league last uh, year? Antrim. In the oh, in the championship game. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't play that game, but that was that was the last game. Unfortunately, it was. Uh, yeah, well, it wasn't a great game. Obviously, it wasn't great for Laird. Uh, Look a bit bleak after, I suppose. But we're after mm. coming off a good league campaign, uh, which is unfortunate that it ended that way. But uh, look, you get you get games like that, you get years like that, and uh, I suppose as a loud fan, you probably got more years of that where you kind of go to the championship too early, you know. Yeah. And do you feel do you feel you've unfinished business there with loud, or is it finished? Are you putting it to bed? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm going to completely put it to bed. Uh, Definitely something I'll definitely think about uh, at the end of the year, about next year. Um, see, the idea of taking this year off was I w- we obviously was getting married and I the stags coming up, and uh, it was just I wouldn't be able to fully commit to the setup, and it wouldn't be fair like me committing. And if I was getting on ahead of players, I'm not saying I would be getting on, but if I was getting on ahead of players, then I was going off when I was getting married or I was going to be stag. It wouldn't be fair to the young fellas there or or. That if I was if I was getting ahead of them and I'm going away and then coming back again expecting to get on again, yeah, so yeah. it just didn't sit well with me, you know that uh, that that's the only year was going to be. So yeah, that's kind of why I stepped away. That's why I stepped away this year. So look, I'll see. I'll evaluate at the end of the year. Uh, the uncle might give you a ring. Willie might call over the road. Peter, and... I, I often talk to Peter. He does. He walking past the house there. Yeah, he said it to me a few times. Alright, uh, but. Uh, I just told him the same thing I told you. <laughs> I think it must be hard. Like it must be hard. Like your your uncle's the chairman. You did play for Loud. Then and then even on top of that, your, your wedding got postponed, did it? Yeah, it got postponed. Due to the yeah. corona, corona. The whole corona thing, yeah. But like at the time, I suppose when we when we knew it was going to get cancelled, we probably thought like uh, we were the only ones that's getting the wedding cancelled. Uh, but look, there's a lot more people in a lot worse situations than us. We rescheduled the next year, so. Uh, so that's something to think about next year for later. I went next year. He said he stopped in <laughs> this year and I have it next year. So, big contradiction. Yeah, but, uh, but what about, what about another, are you rescheduling another stag party? 
Oh yeah, that's, we already had that chat. We'll have another stag. With. <laughs> Hope we get the bees for that one. With some crack and Rio stag in Liverpool. Do you go to Liverpool as well in yours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It was over there. That one, yeah. And where did you have yours then this year? Was it Liverpool I as well? Liverpool. I loved it that much. I went back to Liverpool. Yeah, well, Barry McDermott, I'd say, is there at the moment with them celebrating the bloody win. I am. Um, I'm going to block Barry on Facebook with his Liverpool stuff. I think I will as well, yeah. Yeah, it's just getting... To, <laughs> I'm not even overly mad Man United fan, but it's just... Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm with, with Loud then, like... I've, I've, I, I kind of blame you for the... Um, for the six in a row dubs or the five in a row dubs because way back in 2010 Jim McEnany was playing that day as well that um, on the 21 game I think what did they have they had you'd, you'd had them on the ropes but they, this Dublin on the 21 team was over Jim Gavin it had Johnny Cooper on it it had Dean Rock James McCarthy um, O'Sullivan at the full back Nicky Devereaux Ross Rory Carroll full back Rory Carroll was it, yeah, yeah, and who else? I'm trying to think who else, but if like, and you've had them on the rack, you you had them beaten. Your father was over them actually, over you that day. I know my brother was playing. Trying to think. Name the players in name there, like Darren Nelson is another one. Fewer names to name the Dublin team now. These are the boys. These are probably the, some of the top five players you'd uh, you'd pick. Yeah. Know? So. Uh, yeah, no, like as as I said earlier, it's 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 one of these. It's one of the games that uh, I suppose haunt me still. I've had two or three games uh, throughout the years that have haunted me, and it, that that one there is one that it still lives on in me. Yeah, uh, I think we were we were three points up with about I'd say about five minutes to go, if even five minutes, and they pull the point back and the, yeah. another point back. And I remember talking to the referee; he was alone for the referee, and I says, "Ref, will you please blow it up?" Time's up, please build up. And he said, no, one more play. Uh, time's almost up. And Johnny Cooper hit, it almost hit the crossbar on the way over when he, when he, when he took the shot to equalise the game. And I'm on the top of the net and uh, went to extra time and actually we were spent because we gave everything uh, in, in that second half. Like uh, Jim McInerney had a great game that day actually. Did, did Barry O'Hare have a chance for goal in extra time? Or was that the end? Barry O'Hare had a chance in extra time. Uh, he had it was him the keeper. I think he, I actually think he had Lieb Shevlin outside wide open, passed into him. But uh, Barry O'Hare being an out and out forward that he was, uh, he, he I, I can't blame Vita going for the shot. Uh, the shot was on too, the pass was on too, took the shot and hit the post. And I actually think from the resulting, uh, you must miss, yeah. yeah, so. Uh, yeah, look, and as you say, Jim Gavin was the manager. You have to, you have to question: Would he, would he be the manager of Dublin? If, I always think that. Uh, I always think if you, if you like, and you should have bet them that day. It was it was like the ref should have blown it up? Like he was in there, little tail were going so well, and then they win the All Ireland the back of that. You know, the beat, the uh, Michael Murphy cracks the crossbar in that final. Yeah, I had a, uh, I had a friend that he got was playing that day, Kevin Mulhern, and. Uh, yeah, they had the bet as well. Yeah, like, yeah. So what happened? Like, imagine what happens if Jim, you beat them. Jim doesn't get taken out. Jim doesn't take over. You yeah. win a Leinster. Donegal winning under twenty one under Jim. Yeah. But does that affect him then going on a couple of years? Just it's one of those. I always, I always reference, and there's even other different things as well. Even saying a loud players and that thing, like. Yeah, you know. so, like, but like you think if Jim hadn't been over them, would 
But he and Paul Dean Rock, James McCarthy, Rory Carroll, them boys still got pulled in because yeah. you know yourself if you if you manage that team and uh, Jim uh, Jim McGinnis did the same with his was his Donny Gold in twenty one team. You if you're over them and you trust these boys to get you to an Ireland final, to win an Ireland final, you're going to want them boys to come into the senior panel, would you? Yeah. And, uh, uh, Jim Jim McGinnis did the exact same. He pulled I think six or seven boys from that team into the senior panel. So it's just it begs the question with. Uh, with these boys, with the likes of James McCarthy, they're probably one of the best players of the decade there. Last, yeah, the last yeah. Decade. That, does that mindset come from that win like that? Yeah. Yeah, Definitely, so yeah. Boys, would that boys be there even now? Even though yeah. they're as good as they are. Dublin's so big, like the, the chances of getting onto Dublin panel are probably so hard to get into it. But if you if you play under a manager and he's obviously then the manager of the same team, you're going to go with him, like, you know? So, yeah, yeah. The day he's from the day. considered one of the best, some of the best ever played the game now. Because yeah. Because uh, I even remember, I remember Jim Gavin that day. I remember Laird, my brother was on the panel, so it was like you know, in in our workings of the panel, and that well, although he wouldn't tell us much because your father would probably give out fuck to him if he did. But it was he was only allowed to name 26 players that day, and right, he just yeah. had a panel of 32 or so. And I remember, I think it was Ronald Holcroft and David O'Brien. They weren't even allowed to go into the dugout witches. And, right, yeah, and I remember being with the father, like, look at that, there behind the wall. And next thing, Dublin comes out. About 40 players, all tugged out, all come in. Like, they did their own never, thing. Yeah, I never, I never sat well with that, that uh, lads who make a commitment to a loud setup don't get jerseys the day of the game. Yeah. Or not let a tug out, not let like, like for likes of uh, Ronan Holcroft uh, and whoever else, I can't remember else. Well, Steve O'Brien anyway was there. Yeah, I had to stand the other side of the wall. Yeah. Uh, it was like, you, that's the sort of thing where you can't blame a player if he says, you know what, I'm, I'm walking away here. I'm not going to bother uh, to commit to loud. And uh, I remember dad being in the house here having, uh, having a barn in the phone to the loud chairman at the time about all this. And he was yeah. told under no circumstances is he getting any more jerseys for these lads because the rule is only 26 players. Yeah. Uh, I remember, I guess, because I remember him shouting in the kitchen. I was sitting in the sitting room and I asked him after what was it about and he wouldn't tell me too much for I knew what it was about. And so anyway, loud being loud, we followed the rules, you know, so uh, we kept, kept the GEA happy, kept Pro Park happy, whatever it is. And a double be double do what they want to give every single player a jersey. Yeah. You know, so like, you have to wonder like when like, it's a wonder why some lads in Loud don't commit to playing to make to play with Loud. That like, oh, that must have been a thing because I, I don't know why that, that obviously is a thing because it stuck out in my mind that they fucking they walked there and those was and it was like more than it was like forty lads come out with them and like yeah. Jim Gavin just didn't give a fuck about the rules and. The, the lads probably just let Jim do it, walk away and do his own thing, especially knowing Gavin that he's all about the team and having everyone involved in getting a jersey. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just showed. I just say, like, I'm sure the county board rode in behind, uh, rode in behind Jim Gavin when uh, Jim made that decision because yeah, Dublin get away with, with a lot, as you know, because uh, they're Dublin and, and the likes allowed and probably get an example made of get a big fine or whatever, but. I know if I was the manager now, I'd have been getting all. I, will, I know Dad tried it, but I'd have been saying I, these lads are all getting jerseys. I know. Uh, I know recently enough there, uh, 
Peter Fitzpatrick, uh, I think it was, was it the Hurlers? Uh, they weren't getting enough jerseys or something for the games. Uh, there wasn't enough for, for the panel or whatever. Uh, and Fitz made a call and all the boys got a, got a jersey for the game. Uh, I'm not sure the internet's that story, but uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I just heard that through the grapevine. Could be something with the miners as well, something the miners that were jerseys far and high yeah, as well. And, uh, he made a call because Fitzer, Fitzer's been there. Fitzer was a manager. Yeah, yeah. No, so, it's great. The likes of Fitzer is the chairman now because he knows what it's like to be a manager, and he knows what the team, what the panel needs, what the management needs, and the battles he would have had with the with the county board himself with getting stuff for the team. So he knows what he needs, and and what what loads and posture boundaries are. Like something as simple as you say, give an extra few jerseys. Posture boundaries are not there, yeah, and, yeah. and fought like and pull back and something else, like something, you know, so, it's great to have him there, and uh, I think he will do a great job, and uh, he has, he has been doing so far, you know, you can't, you can't argue with that. And he, he, he give you the run then, this, I just seen a tweet there earlier, this time 10 years ago, you you set up judge for the goal again, Westmead. Yeah, yeah. Put through the Leinster final. That's exactly yeah, 10, yeah. 10 years ago today, so, and Fitz are true in off that, off the back of the under 21, pan, under 21 run, was it? Yeah, we trained no, all along. I got a few runs in the league that year. Uh, didn't really make much of an impact, if I'm being honest. Uh, I actually, I, th- I thought it would have, I don't know, I, I thought it would have done better, but it's, it's just like, you know, county football is tough, like, and you can have tough years. And we had a great team, like, uh, you think of all the players we had uh, on, on the county panel last year, like Paddy Keane and Brian White, John and Brian, all these boys. Uh, Brennan's, the the Finnegan's, like these were all players that I would have watched playing before playing senior, and you're playing with them, and then uh, we got, we think we longed for, we longed for them the first round uh, in Port Leash. Um, I remember it was a sweltering hot day. I didn't play that day either. I was hoping to get a run, didn't get a run, and then obviously we had the famous uh, Kildare yeah. game in Avon, and uh, I thought like. Uh, the game out there where we ran the ball an awful lot I think this is suiting me here to get in here now <laughs> we run the ball like a, you could blame Fitzgerald because like, everybody was playing unbelievable yeah, so well, yeah, yeah. it was everything just clicked all of a sudden like we didn't really play well against Longford and it probably it was probably good because Kildare probably thinking oh, so this great pass Longford we'll, we'll, we'll give it to them and i never seen a performance like it in loud like uh, Every single player was unbelievable. Andy McDonald was only, was, what was he, 20, 19 or 20 that time? Yeah, yeah. He was playing an unbelievable game that day as well. So obviously, uh, didn't get a run that day. It was, uh, was quite disappointing. And, uh, I, was, I was just uh, saying to John earlier, like it's, when, when you don't get a run in a team, even though you train, it's hard to feel part of it. Like It's hard to feel part of the the jubilancy at the end. Obviously, you'd be, you'd, be, you'd be delighted you won, but personally for me, if you didn't contribute anything on the pitch that day, I find it hard yeah. to kind of, uh, you know, just to feel like I've done anything. Like I feel that like, right, I contributed to a couple of points or turnovers or, or stop that fella playing, you know, something like that. And you don't feel that there. And when you come from a club where you're considered one of the better players, and if if there's a big win, like you you be you be contributed to an awful lot, to contribute to nothing. It's it was hard for me to it was hard for me to understand. I was only I was only twenty twenty one at the time, so it was 
it was a new it was it was very all very new for me and uh so i remember then uh in the semi-final against west Mead, i was uh, i was sitting beside uh darren clark and aaron Hyde, and fetcher turns around there's only about 15 minutes left 10 15 minutes left and he points up and he's like up there he goes you <laughs> I was sitting there, I was sitting like Darren Clark, so I'm thinking he's obviously talking to Darren Clark, he's not talking to me, or Heiser or somebody. And Clark, he gives me a wee nudge, he goes, I think he's talking to you. And I was sitting there looking around me, and then he goes, me? <laughs> <laughs> I was always thinking, if you had a win, no, behind you. <laughs> but he was like, yeah, I do, you just get, you, you don't even tie to be nervous, but like, you're, you're still, you know, you're coming down. The don't tie the pink. No time to think, and that's probably the best way for it. Like the times, like, yeah. he goes and throwing in here. Uh, I don't even remember who we come on for. Was it JP? Was it or no, was it JJ? Was it JP I came in for? I can't even remember. But uh, no, Pepe was on as well. Yeah, yeah, you made an impact straight away, did you? Yeah, I remember the first ball I got. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I probably I probably tried to offload it too quick, but I tried to give it to Brian White, but I gave a terrible pass to him, and he done very well to get the ball. I kind of flick it back to me in the ground, and then I just I, before he knew it, I was taking a shot. It was it was pure. It was obviously an instinct thing. Took a shot and put it over the bar, and I think it put us uh, two or three points up or whatever. Uh, so that kind of settled me. And game was done a couple of minutes, and then obviously the club made a yards. Adrian uh, played the ball down the line, and it was just obviously my game back then was was just to take the man on take the man on get a get a score get a free get something out of it and I, I was taking the man on and he, he, I think he slipped I, I, he tried to turn and he slipped and all of a sudden I was I was coming in from the side and I remember looking up and just seeing big Gary Connington with the hands up all arms and legs yeah. get the ball around this fella you know because he nearly filled the goals himself and I was coming in an angle like the only way I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this pass here is probably low over to the far post so I was carrying it closer and closer, and then Judge's man was nearly coming back in onto the line. So Judge was left wide open. So he goes, "Yeah, I give it to Judge. He's sick of the net." <laughs> so I give it to Judge, and sure, Judge is not going to miss me. You know, we all know how good Colin Judge is. So I put the goal. So he scored the goal, and uh, yeah, it was just great. Uh, that was it. That was elation. And no serious, serious uh, crack after that, was there? I think we did. We go six points up down that stage. Yeah, yeah. So I think we kind of knew then. But there was, there was only a couple of minutes left that, like, Rice lads were... Managed the game. Minutes, you know, so we were able to kind of enjoy the last maybe five minutes or so. So we didn't want to, obviously, you didn't want to uh, mess up and give away a goal here and there. But at the same time, you kind of know, you get, a good, you get that good feeling where I think we want to win this game here. And you're taking in the atmosphere, you're taking it, and then you're just enjoying football, you know. And when the final whistle went, it was... Uh, it was unbelievable. It was something. It's, it's one of the games that uh, you think back on with, with, with great memories. And I remember after the, we we went over to the far side of the Cusy stand, there was a big leg attention there, and so yeah. it was flagged, and there was people jumping. And like, so we're not we're just normal people from the nine to five work, and then you have a couple of thousand people jumping in front of you. Like, uh, it was just it was something that we never experienced before, especially in loud like. Uh, it, was the, it was my first pitch invasion for loud anyway. I ran on the pitch. the pitch. as well later? I was, I was in the Hogan stand. I ran across. <laughs> Security got me and I was over there with the Cusick stand. Your people you're on about. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, Seamus and Kevin O'Hanlon. They get on to the pitch. Now. I don't think any Stuart would be able to stop either. No. Too, 
I remember, uh, I think it was Kevin came over and lifted me up. Uh, I was just saying, I go, at least this time when you invade the pitch, it's not for, it's not for a scrap. It's for that. <laughs> but uh, no, and Peter McDonald tried to calm you down after the game, didn't he? And he was, he was rudely interrupted, was he? <laughs> you know the story, did you? Tell everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sean McCann's great at telling these stories, you know. You should get him to look, talk about them. Look, uh, Sean McCann's yeah. list of questions coming up now, so hang on. Oh, okay. No, we uh, we were all obviously in the dressing room afterwards, and everybody was uh, celebrating and hugging and kissing and yeah, whatever, you know. So we were uh, we were just uh, obviously we were just all in cloud nine. No one could believe it. It was a very surreal sort of feeling, and. Uh, Peter McDonald, the South Arma, you know how serious all them lads are. So he's like, right, lads, you sit down, you haven't won it yet. Uh, this is a, this is exactly what me didn't want there to find. You all think it is one something, man. Hey, give us a big speech about about like getting ready for the next game. Not thinking, yeah, we hadn't won it yet. True enough, we hadn't. But in the meantime, Fitz was out doing a TV interview. Uh, he missed all this, you know. He missed all the celebrations in the dressing rooms. And it's so all we quiet were in this stage, eh? Sorry, it's very quiet the dressing room now. It's all yeah. So we were yeah, exactly. So we were all sitting down and it started to get changed, and there was no big shouting and screaming and hugging. Everyone was sitting around. That's the two door burst open. Then we all said, "Ole, ole, ole." It's a real as I say. Everybody in the dressing room just joining the fencer. Crying and laughing. I remember looked over Peter McDonald's face and he was just shaking his head. It's just pure disappointment of Fitzer for coming in. He'll have to give him that speech and Fitzer the manager. You know, it's definitely a memory we were all very fond of and uh, we still have a laugh to it this day. You know, we have a lot of we've a lot of great memories there. You know, that year in particular, uh like Fitzer was a character, like you know, like he's he's a manager, but he's great crack, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. and he gave us he gave us uh, some good laughs and uh he gave us a great year that year as well. Obviously, uh, obviously it was a bit of a bitter taste to the final, but all in all, it was a great year for Loud, for the supporters, for the players. And it's uh, anywhere you go when you say you're from Loud or you played for Loud, or people will always ask you about that the, the 2010 the game against me, you know. So it's that it's made an impact not just in Loud but obviously around the country. We'll finish up with a few Sean McCann questions here. He said you wrote a lovely romantic poem recently. Um, yeah. and he wants to know could that be your future career? It might be. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> it might be. I don't know if you know Sean McCann, but he's a big fan of yours. He's, he's a ton of questions here. He, um, he wants to know um, are you still living in Clotterhead? No, I live in the dog. I always have. I don't know what talking about. Uh, maybe a little transfer room that was floating about years ago um, a few other um, yeah there's one here from actually a Dreadnoughts man uh, James Calliff former teammate oh, of yours. I think he was oh, there this day there was, some, there was a kangaroo court is there or held way back in the day that was uh, no we went over to play <laughs> we went over to play in London uh, in 2016 and uh, I was set up here, by the way. I was completely set up by the lads. Uh, I knew there was something going on because I, I seen the lads in the airport all wrapped around a laptop. And I wanted I went over to investigate what was going on and sure like, the boys all played it down. And, oh, nothing, nothing. So I knew there was something going on. And I, knew the, I knew the ringleader was uh, Adrian Reed Galley, the two boys. 
because they were skipping and laughing the whole time. So I knew it was something going on. And usually the lads would let me get involved with it, but I, they kept me in the outskirts of this one. So I knew there was something going on. So that night then we had a, we had a bit of we trained and obviously we had a bit of crack afterwards. And, and I said the boys burst into the room where we were having our food saying it was a kangaroo court. You'd galley there with the hammer and the wig and trying to be the judge. So uh, I'm not sure if you know, but uh, a couple of years back, I put up a tweet about uh, famous tweets. <laughs> it was uh, it was kind of embarrassing to think about it now, but uh, yeah, I know he's a bit dissatisfied about a few things in uh, in loud or whatever. So I decided to express my feelings on Twitter. As you do, uh, as you do, as you do, yeah. And uh, it may or may not have been about Colin Kelly, but uh, Colin Kelly was the manager at the time. <laughs> the lads had the the tweets up on the screen and I, obviously I was on trial for this and I had to explain myself about uh, what the tweet was about oh, Colin standing beside me and I had to hug and make up with him so uh, we let bygones be bygones after that I suppose oh. who don't win the league then yeah yeah all's well that ends well and he made you into sweeper as well made me into a sweeper as well yeah there you go so come here I'm going to put you on the spot just to finish Yep. If you had uh, if you had one year to play with your father on the half back line or ten years with Dean up front, which one would you choose? Ooh. I'd go one year with dad in the half back line. Cause I know I've seen Dean play. I know what he plays like. I know he doesn't pass the ball to me. <laughs> so I'd, <laughs> I'd go I'd, I'd like to see what a year with dad would be like. Because I, I he screams enough in the year when he's in the sideline and I'd love to be able to scream at him when he's on the pitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. And uh, Fintan Martin popped in a question as well. He wants to know if you could play for any club, other club in Loud, who would it be and why? Any other club in Loud? Sean McCann wants you to say the Gales. It's a, oh, it is, yeah. Probably the clans. No, I'll go, I'll go outside the dog here. Uh, oh, Martins. Uh, simply because they're a team in the up, and I'm, this is this is probably uh, bit of a bit of a bit of glory here. But uh, there's a few lads in the team, the likes of uh, JP Rooney. Uh, he's, he's obviously a legend. Mick Fannin there, top player, and then you've Crouchy, um, he's Sam Mulroy. You've all these lads who are top players and a great crack as well. And they're a team in the up. So I think if I had any other team, it would probably be down at the moment. Anyway. Thanks a million for taking the call and having the chat and uh, best of luck this season at the Islanders and maybe loud after your wedding finally happens. Yeah, finally, yeah. Maybe it's an omen. <laughs> for another stag, maybe that's about the height of it. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, Derek. No worries, man. Thanks so much for having me. Jocks fans, you now have permission to speak and get them. Get Derek signed up for a new season. Thanks a million to Derek Maguire. I told you he's a great lad. Some great stories there. and You'll definitely have to get, get him on again. Or maybe him and Sean McCann on again. Um, thank you very much for listening. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Next Sunday I'll be chatting to O'Connell's legend, Niall Conlon. There'll be 2010 revisited podcast too. Then later on in July, the one and only Stephen White meets Loud and Proud for a whopping two-part podcast. So great things are happening on Loud and Proud, like I said. And championship is just around the corner. I'll be back again next Sunday with Niall, so I'll chat to you then. That wreck, that wreck, that wreck, that wreck.